What's up, y'all? This is Chitty Bang, and I'm on the Renegade Millionaire Show, the podcast that profiles entrepreneurs, founders, and CEOs. Join us as we go one-on-one inside the hearts and minds of some of our generation's best and brightest. And now, introducing your host, my friend, Sun Group Wealth Partners Managing Director, CNBC and Forbes.com contributor, Winnie Sun. So, Damon, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thanks for having me. I, it's, it's such an honor. I know how busy you are. No, thank you. The trip. So, was the trip from the East Coast okay? Everything's fine. Oh, wonderful. Um, it's snowing over there, and I'm nice and warm and toasty here. It is. It's a beautiful day in Southern California. Well, you know, I want to start off and just ask you a little bit about how it all started. And I understand that your mother had a large uh, role in your life yeah. to where you are today. So could you share with us maybe a little bit about uh, those of us who are fellow mothers, uh, her impact in you today? Uh, I mean, it was profound. She was my first mentor. And then uh, my parents got divorced when I was like, 10 years old. And uh, she then became my mother and father. And, um, you know, she taught me a lot of things, things that I wouldn't realize she was teaching me until I was a parent myself. Um, she was always, uh, you know, thinking about how to try to create a business even while she kept her day job. So she always told me my day job would never make me rich, it would be my homework. Um, she always, uh, you know, made sure that I set certain goals in life. And, you know, I'm dyslexic. I didn't realize that. I didn't find out until like 10 years ago. But um, she, uh, she would always make me feel special. I knew that I could excel in math and science, but when I had a challenge in reading in those areas, you know, I still felt like a special kid. So, uh, so many things she taught me. Good mother. Yeah. She definitely knew where to raise you. Yeah. And you actually were so successful at such a young age. And in fact, Fubu, 1992. Yeah. Incredible. No one doesn't know that company today, and even back then. And it was something that you have heard yourself. So looking back, um, 1992, was there a special formula that just worked at that time? Um, you know, the formula at that time was basically that works in anybody's company is that I had to go out there and I had to fail a lot of times, but on a very small level, and then perfect what I was doing so that when I was ready to go to the, another level, I already knew the mistakes that I wouldn't be making, so I made the mistakes small. Um, you know, it was this music of hip hop that was just starting to really take place in, uh, in America, and I was really at a rare time there, a special time that I was able to go out there and really help forge relationships with artists and the community at a time when there wasn't a lot of uh, hurdles in the way. And I think that's, that's probably the key to it, because it was really such a special time for hip hop. And you gave before you asked. I mean, you would go to the hip hop and you supported them. Yeah. And you became there for them. And that seemed like a, a big part of your success. Yeah. And we see now what you've done on a shark tank. Mm-hmm. I mean, in many cases, you are America's favorite shark. Yeah. I think so. I'm my favorite shark. <laughs> Obviously, the most handsome. Oh, but. thank you. You're so full of it, but thank you. Robert has those eyes and that hair, you know. Well, we'll see. But obviously, you've been extremely successful in in all uh, avenues. Let's talk about when you're a Shark Tank, and even for your own business ventures. What do you look for for businesses to be successful? In your opinion, what are things that you want to invest in? Well, I want to invest in. I I invest in the entrepreneur. You know, um, 
there's really nothing I don't believe is anything new going to be created in the world again. It's just a new form of delivery or you hit a new audience with it. And it's really the entrepreneur. I like to invest in entrepreneurs that have failed uh, many times. Um, they also will never give up. They're problem solvers, not problem creators. And they know how to work without capital. They don't use that as an excuse. So first of all, I look at the entrepreneur. Then I look, is the business scalable? You know, sometimes the business is just not scalable. Sometimes the business is gonna go up to two, three, four million dollars. Let the entrepreneur have that business and be happy with it. They don't have to, you know, I have 50% of this business and you know, calling them, nagging them about it. And, um, and then I also wanna know if they have proof of concept. Have they sold it? Have they gone out there and created an audience or any kind of following? Because um, I just don't want them to use my money as tuition to go out and try to and make mistakes with my money. Right, of course, because it is at the end of the day your money. Absolutely. Yeah, and so every business decision you make on that show affects you from then that day and on. Hundred percent. So, David, how did you learn about exceeding? Well, uh, a friend of mine, a colleague, Mark, uh, presented me with the concept, and he knew Peter and Richard. And um, you know, once I started to uh, look at the product first of all, and then you know this beautiful aspect of how they get it to the consumer and the factories they were making it in, and then I realized that uh, both Peter and Richard have a vast history in this area. Um, you know, obviously in Europe, where they've been doing it for many, many years, and then also here, they went through various different uh, stages of formal wear, and they've seen it grow. Actually, created a lot of the space. So uh, I thought it was a natural fit, and um, I was very, very happy. All the, the team players are there, the quality in the product is there, and then the easiest thing to sell is the truth. So it's yeah. very easy for me. The, the quality is undisputable. Yeah. So maybe you could share with me your role with Exeo. Oh, I think it's a couple of things. First of all, um, I have access to amazing retailers that may not know how amazing this concept is and how badly they needed to bring those yes. millennials into their into the, their retail outlets. Absolutely. Um, number two, I have a I have a history of fashion, so Very known. yeah. Hopefully, I can uh, add to a little bit of the designs and and other things uh, in the company. And then, more importantly, I just have a I have a great Rolodex of amazing individuals that are influencers. Whether they're just somebody who is just a super uh, well known for being a heavy fashion you know person or a celebrity, and uh, and then again. I can wear the product as well. I'm very, I'm very proud about the product that's coming out. So, you know, I would, I would basically call myself a brand curator at this point, so. That makes perfect sense, a brand curator. And on top of it, you attend a lot of very special events. Yeah, I can, I can, I can wear this to the White House now. <laughs> Amazing. Well, let's talk about also, like, the next chapter. We know that with millennials, millennials, Generally, when we see them on the street, they tend to be dressed a lot more casually than we were even in existence back in 1992. Uh -huh, sure. So how does a company uh, stay relevant? How do millennials stay relevant to be able to, to capture your attention? How do millennials capture my attention mm -hmm. or how do I capture theirs? You know, I guess it's both. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the best part about today is that you can reach everybody from your cell phone. And we're in a very visual world. So whether millennials are dressing casual, um, you know, during the day, but when they are going to those special times of their lives, they are dressing up. And you know, if as they say, if you don't tweet it, it never really happened. So they're going to be sharing this information. And how I really get out to the millennials is the fact that 
you know, you can go onto social media platforms and you can hashtag simple words and you can find out what they're all saying. Right. You know, and if you're only going out to the constituents that are just supporting your brand, then they're going to say they love you. But right. go out and, and, and look in these other rooms that they're in and find out what they're saying and then you can ask them. You know, that's the best part about millennials. They, they love to give information. And with that information, yeah, with that information, of course, you can then improve the product. And they, they love to wave the flag. They're the biggest ambassadors. You know, when you and I grew up, you know, I had eight friends. Mm -hmm. These kids have 800. Right. Right? And there's eight, you know, and there's eight million of those kids. Right. So, you know, you know, so going out and conversing with the millennials, it's, it's basically like if they follow me, I follow them. You have to have a very, very open dialogue. Mm, that's wonderful. Yeah. So do you handle your own social media communication? I do. Yeah. Well, that's rare. And that, I, yeah. I mean, it makes it much more authentic. They must love communicating with you. Um, they do. They do. I love communicating with them because that's how you keep your ear to the street on what's going on. Right. And, you know, when you give them that attention, they, uh, you can't pay for that type of ambassador that goes out and spreads the word. Right. Absolutely. And I think, I, you know, I, I just wonder, I'm very curious about this because obviously formal wear, is usually where you were in a very uh, celebratory occasion mm -hmm. and something that we just don't necessarily uh, think of the millennial walking down the street but actually it's true because if it's convenient they will purchase and they will acquire and they want to look good so absolutely but you know even formal wear um, millennials do actually wear it uh, on non-formal occasions you know, I've seen many, many millennials wear that. They'll wear a pair of denim slacks with a great tux jacket. Right. Um, so, yeah, they will absolutely consume the goods. And, you know, if, if, again, if it meets their criteria of making them look good, and they will make sure that they take pictures of it all day long. Right, you know? right. This just gives them something to look good in. Absolutely. All the time. And the tuxedo you have on is beautiful. Well, thank you. Yeah. I like it. It's well. <laughs> It's perfect. Yeah, satin, everything's beautiful. Yeah, wonderful. Well, I would love to if we can. I'm excited about your book. Can we talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. I'd love for you to share with us your inspiration to writing it. My inspiration, well, the book is called uh, Power Broke, and my inspiration to writing the book was uh, that many people uh, believe that or have been taught you need money to make money or you need to know somebody in business or you need to know somebody, you know, your, your cousin has to be rich and famous. Mm -hmm. And you know, I walk people through my life as well as 15 other individuals in the book who are uh, mega successful. And I share with them the fact that they don't need money to make money and that you can leverage your assets and, your, and, and the people around you to become successful. Um, and I highlight that because you know, this theory of, uh, of me having money to make money, if you really look at the top 1,000 wealthiest individuals in the world, over 60% of them are self-made men and women. That means they were broke. Mm -hmm. And if generational wealth is, is something that would uh, make sure or, or certify that you're going to be wealthy, then you would never be able to get the other right. over 60% on the, onto the list. So <clears throat> I, I basically chronicle a lot of things in there and a lot of ways to actually uh, empower yourself from whether it's converting people on social media or whether it's going out and raising funds or just uh, you know going out and selling your, your product. That's amazing. I mean, the power of growth is, is would mean so much to so many people. Yeah. It just says that you can, if you want to enough, you can you can change absolutely and you know the people that utilize the power of growth more than anybody else are the people that have wealth 
because they don't go out and just stroke a pen and stroke a check and uh, take a pen and stroke a check and, and try to buy their way into things. They know that they have to work just as hard or surround themselves with like-minded people, set goals and things of that nature. Because if you just uh, you know needed money like that, then you know over sixty percent of uh, professional athletes wouldn't be bankrupt right. three years out of the league, mm -hmm. or lotto winners. Right. A high number of lotto winners are bankrupt right out because they think that they can buy everything, and you can't buy everything. Mm -hmm. And I remember my mom told me this. She said, you should never be fearful of not having money. Because once you're not afraid of that, then the only way up is up. Exactly. Because you don't, you take that off the table. There's nothing wrong with being poor. There's nothing wrong with being broke. But you can change your situation. And your, your book, I think, it would be inspiring. It's yeah, so you know, many people. As long as people understand, broke is a temporary situation, but poverty of the mind is permanent. So if you don't educate yourself on how you can have access to things, and remember, money doesn't, you know, money doesn't equal success. You know, money just drives into your problems in a limousine. Uh, success can be, a, you know, a great, a great husband, a great wife, uh, somebody who's, who's really dedicated to their faith, or somebody who is, you know, saving the carbon imprint on the planet. You know, that, if you're happy doing that, that's, that's a success. So, uh, and that's what I touch on in the book as well. I don't want people want that book who only want money. I want people who want success. So what's success to you? Success to me is doing exactly what I do now, which is um, I'm allowed to invest in other people's dreams and take a ride with them. Um, I'm allowed to see other people now uh, find financial security or, uh, you know, follow their dream all the way through and see if it works or it doesn't work. Um, I'm on a great platform now where uh, kids are now saying to their parents, now I know what you do at work. And kids want to be sharks just as much as they want to be athletes and actors, mm -hmm. which is great, right? But, uh, you know, uh, and I'm also educating myself every day because of investing in all these businesses, I get to learn how the next generation is operating. And I get to take that knowledge and use it uh, for, you know, things like this venture right here or, or other businesses that I'm doing. Right, and I know you have many businesses that you're yeah. doing. So I guess if you could write a letter to yourself when you were 20 years old, yeah. what are some things that you would have shared with yourself today? Um, I'll share myself. First of all, go out and get financial uh, intelligence. You know, because no matter what you do in business, it's so hard to make money, but it's 10 times harder to keep it. I'll share myself that um, you're gonna make, make way more mistakes in life. Um, I'd also say don't try to be better than anybody out there. The only person you know, you're supposed to be better than is the person you were yesterday. Well, anybody else, that doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. um, those are a couple of things that I would say said to myself. I didn't learn those until, you know, obviously much older. Well, not much older, I think. <laughs> yeah, 30, 35. <laughs> 35 forever. Well, thank you so much. That was so thank helpful you. and so interesting. And I will uh, would love. Uh, I can't wait to read the Power Pro. Uh, thank you. Yeah, incredible. And uh, congratulations on this new venture. Thank you. Because I can see tuxedos everywhere. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna have fun. We're gonna make a lot of people look really amazing and and like a special time in their life. We're gonna have fun with it. I can see those FedEx boxes now. <laughs> <laughs> well, very good. Thank you so much thank for your time. Thanks, so I'm excited about Exedo. So I'll start with you, Peter. I'd like to see, I, given your tremendous history in the bridal industry, what makes this project special to you? Well, this is a whole new technology that's coming out. For the millennials and really everybody, it's really 
people today are very, very busy. And no, normal tuxedo process, you have to go to the store, get measure, then you have to pick it up, then you have to drop it off. And we've taken all that out. But we're also introducing the finest fabrics ever introduced into the formal wear business. And it's something I always wanted to do. And when I saw this model, I said, this is something that's really, really special. And I think that everybody across America really deserves on their special day. There's, their wedding is their most special day. And we can really give them the service, the quality and the, that they really deserve for that day. And by seeing that and, you know, having partners, Richard and, and Damon, bringing them in from his fashion background, it just made it all so exciting. And I think this is going to be a tremendous success across America. And we're just going to bring it forward and, and make it happen. I love it because I, I did a little bit of research on the company and I thought to myself, as a mother of three sons, how convenient this will be. What a change will it be from the experience that you described of going in the store, getting measured, and that whole process has now just come to my laptop. Exactly. It really comes, it really comes to the cell phone. Okay. I mean, the cell phone okay. really dictates the, dictates the world today, mm -hmm. as we all know it. And especially going for the prom student, it's real mm -hmm. simple. And you know, they can pick the color they want, the style they want, and we ship it directly to them. I love and that's really, really key. And uh, it's, like I said, it's an exciting venture. I think it's going to be a tremendous success. And we'll put a lot behind it. And you know, Richard came up with the idea and, and brought it over. He, you know, they dominated in, in uh, the UK and I dominated in the US. Yes. We had similar backgrounds. So by bringing the two of us together with the knowledge, I really believe this is going it's, I think it's going to be unstoppable. I really do. Wow, all that background and experience into making us look incredible for our special day. Exactly. Yeah. So Richard, I guess I'm, I'm going to come to you now. So, what took you over the pond? Well, I suppose uh, back in the beginning, like, uh, like Peter, my father also had a menswear store. And while I was at college, I set up a small tuxedo rental department uh, within the store. Mm -hmm. No great grand vision uh, behind doing it. It was really just intended to be a small tuxedo rental department to help you know, my dad's menswear business. What then happened over the next uh, 20 years was uh, well, it was really an incredible journey. Mm -hmm. And um, from, from having the, the, the small tuxedo department in the store, soon other small retailers asked us if we could provide them a rental service. And then we also managed to get uh, contracts with a lot of the, the UK's large uh, retail chains and department store chains. Having um, got about a 35% market share in, in the UK and then developing a software program to enable the whole process to be managed online. And this was something that became very clear to us, especially working with department stores, which was that the brides needed all the, all the groomsmen who are all the different parts of the country to get measured, to put in sizes, to get their suits, to manage the payment. It is, it's really challenging and so we created uh, Exedo as a way to create a software platform to help the bridal professionals, the retailers, uh, the consumers and ourselves all manage this whole process. The problem of course with the UK market is it's, it's really quite small, uh, you know, I suppose compared to the American Well market. I don't know about small Richard, <laughs> I read the numbers, so you, you ship um, evening work to over 400,000 homes per year. Yes. That's not small. Right? That's true. Uh, that's true. Uh, but of course, one uh, you you always want more, and uh, <laughs> the American market is a uh, is uh, you know it's a lot larger. And we got to, got together with Peter and looked at the opportunity here. It really became uh, clear to us that it was an excellent opportunity to bring the you know the quality and the style that we've been honing over and uh, really a generation uh, with the with the English tailoring 
and then using the you know the technology and the, you know, the process of the Nexedo to to enable the, the tuxedo rental uh, for for the American, you know, both you know, for the proms and the weddings in particular, to make sure that uh, the, you know the style we like and our easy use. So it's been, it's been good. Well, wonderful. And the relationship with Damon, I think, is, in my opinion, just genius. Because here you have someone iconic in the fashion industry. And so how did that, I mean, Damon has shared with us a little bit about that relationship, but um, how exciting is this relationship to you? Well, it's very exciting. I mean, obviously, one of the main concerns that we had with, with coming to, to America was, was about the product. There's obviously some different fashions and some different styles. So being able to be involved with uh, you know, with Damon as this brand curator and helping us with the styling of the products has been has been tremendous. And obviously as well working with uh, you know, with Peter with his mm -hmm. in-depth knowledge of, of the US market. US market and the industry in general. Yeah, 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 the industry I know. But I worked with Damon years ago when we launched Fubu into formalware. Mm -hmm. And it was a huge success. I mean huge. And then with our good friend Mark and we, we kind of rekindled and I said when I took this position, I said, Damon is the perfect person to be. Mm -hmm. I suppose he's fashion, he's... Fashion brains. Everything. I mean, he's the full impression on me, but yeah. yeah that's true. <laughs> it's, it's true, we like working with him, and, and I think he's going to bring us to you know, the level that we need to be, because you know, as you well know, when you start a new company, and you put a lot of money into this venture, is you really need to really get it out and, and get the message out there. And uh, I think it's going to be a tremendous success. So I hear you have a, a kind of an interesting um, building, if you will, in Memphis. We do. Not too small, I hear. 240,000 square feet. Um, the finest clean pressing equipment, which I could probably elaborate in a little bit more because that's more of his expertise. Are there robots working it? <laughs> Almost. <laughs> it's pretty automated. and uh, But the pressing equipment itself, the way they press things with the lapels, and I went over to Scotland to see it. And I've been in every major uh, production, uh, forward production in the US over my career, and I've never seen anything like it. So when our product comes back and goes through Richard's steam tunnel, you can literally wrap it up, and I think you showed me one that was like two weeks wrapped up, tied up, they put it through, and eight seconds later it came out perfect. Yeah. And then they That's put it through great. another process, and then another process. So the extra steps that they take for the American uh, population, which are not used to this, they're used to getting a tuxedo that's been worn 30 times, ours are not like that. We deserve to be spoiled. We want it, yeah. we want it to be special. And I think if you, in today's world, if you take things to that next level, it's all about the, comes, the customer. And the customer and the power of the internet can either make you or break you. And we're gonna make it perfect almost every single time. And I think, that, I think it'll spread viral. And I think we'll have a tremendous successful business. And you know, bringing these partners together is, is, is key to any business. Key. You have Dan and John wearing your tuxedo. That says something. That's pretty cool. It says if yeah. he's willing to wear it, I'm not sure who down the street wouldn't wear it. <laughs> exactly, and we're proud of it. We really are. We're very, very proud of it. And it's, uh, I mean, and you know, you're, and you're in business with what you do every day, and you see these things. So it's, it's exciting for us just to have you and Damon and everybody that's here today. It's exciting because I see that there's so much heart in this business. So. Yes, it's a happy business too. Yeah. And it's the happiest time. At least people think it's the happiest time. <laughs> <laughs> and you get a little bit taller and a little bit happy, more handsome when exactly. everything just fits properly. Exactly. You know, you we say, you know, we're trying to promote black tie weddings because black tie weddings are 
and I've been to several of them, and my niece just got married, I went to those all black tie. Mm -hmm. And everybody looks so incredibly great. I completely agree. And, and I think it's something that we're going to really try to promote because it's actually, it's, it's probably less for everybody that's going to these special weddings to rent because we really are very affordable. It's really almost under $200 and get everything, shoes, pocket square, socks, everything. And for the whole wedding to have that look, it's just, you know, the pictures, you know, the, pictures the, what, the, so exactly. the weddings are for that one day, but the pictures are forever. And if you see a, a non-black tie wedding and a black tie wedding, it really makes a huge difference. So that's something that we're going to promote. Well, and even if they don't want black tie, I mean, you've got beautiful suits too. We do. Our fabrics are like what Naaman's wearing today. It's just special. The factories that we've worked with, and that really goes back to Richard's father. He takes pride in everything he does. Every stitch. Absolutely. Every stitch. I was commenting, I really like this stitch. I mean, as a mother of three sons, I look at things like this. Yeah. I'm thinking this will be, this will be just great on my son one day. Yeah, it was great. I mean, this is an exciting time. So congratulations to all of you. Hey, thank you. Thank you very much. We really appreciate it.